Well, hello, gang. Welcome back to The Gutowski Files, starring Stephen Gutowski. He is the founder of TheReload.com and the host of the Weekly Reload Podcast. Now, I just want to start out by saying I just got back from my home state uh, of Maryland, um, the old line state, if you will, home of the Black-Eyed Susan uh, and the Baltimore Oriole. And uh, it was I didn't see any Susans or Orioles while I was there because it was bitter cold. It was like five degrees. My poor wife, who grew up in California and now lives in Arizona, um, didn't love it. She didn't love the weather frankly. And, and Steven tells me that he is, uh, he's looking very rugged now in his, his outdoorsy jacket and Wrangler hat, uh, mm. because he loves the cold. Steven, you love the cold. Is that true? Uh, I love snow. Yeah. I, I like the cold, the cold it's snowing here right now in Virginia. Also, mm-hmm. you didn't stop, you, you didn't stop by what the heck we could have gotten a half smoker or, or a, no, a crab I, cake I, I or something. I would have liked to join you at Ben's chili bowl. The problem is it was <laughs> too freaking cold and there was too much snow and ice. That's actually the perfect time for Ben's chili bowl. <laughs> yeah, you're actually you're right. You're, you are right. So, uh, but, um, however, with that said, um, we're not sure we're having a Katowski files next week because we got shot show coming up. So we'll, Steve mm. and I'll talk about that and I'll let y'all know one way or another. Um, but I will see you next week, uh, in Las yes. Vegas uh, coming up. You looking forward to yes. shot? Uh, yeah, no, I always look forward to, to shot, to seeing, seeing folks that I know. Um, hopefully I can get some stories, you know, out of it. It's, it's not exactly like a big political event. There are some political things, but it's a trade show. Uh, it'll be interesting to see some of the new guns. Are you, do you have any, anything you're looking forward to in particular as far as yeah. like new guns? Not, not, not exactly. I'm, this is my first mm. shot ever, actually, believe it or not. So oh. I, I'm going into it with an open mind. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to get there Monday afternoon. So I'm going to miss range day. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Good thing. That, about, yeah. Um, that's the I fun stuff, part of shot show stuff going on at the house, but uh, yeah, I'll be there. I mean, Monday free night. shooting. You know, it's hard to, hard to turn down. It is. Uh, hard although to I'm down, not going to be know, there either so unfortunately for, for 30 years i thanks to the taxpayers of the united states i, I got to shoot free guns all the time <laughs> so i want go. to thank the listeners who pay their federal income tax for paying for all the ammo and guns that i got well, to shoot nobody get, shoots back at you at range day though that's true, <laughs> that's true. Uh, well maybe we'll hit up a, a machine gun rental place while we're in vegas and we'll yeah, see what the schedule looks like absolutely um very good so we're going to talk about a couple of things here uh two different articles over at the reload one analysis piece and one article but first uh the weekly reload podcast is a thing it is a fantastic podcast hosted by our very own mr stephen gutowski who's going to be coming on that this week Stephen, we have author mark w smith who's also a prominent youtuber from the four boxes diner if anyone uh who's who listens to this uh and follows the asp channel they probably have seen mark's youtube videos over the years doing uh, some legal analysis and so we have him on to talk about a couple of different big cases but especially the sort of this tricky man- legal maneuvering that happened in the fourth circuit with the maryland uh, assault weapons ban case so your home state they mm-hmm. have an ar-15 ban there and it's been traveling through the courts for a while and it just had a pretty pretty bizarre thing just happen with it so he he's coming on to explain all that and it'll be out on monday very good and he's an attorney as well yes yes he's actually on the supreme court bar so he's he's knowledgeable that's a big deal i think a lot of people don't understand how that works but being on supreme court bar is is a big deal any way you slice it um it's kind of the top tier of uh the legal system in america so with that said our first article over the reload uh is entitled san jose police now charging more than 1300 dollars for gun carry permits and if that doesn't that doesn't put a little damper on your morning Wheaties. I don't know what will. That's that's not great. That's a lot of money. I just got done talking to a guy I met on the plane from Maryland, and he was complaining about he he got his 
concealed weapon permit in Maryland, by the way, which is like used to be like a unicorn thing to, to actually, he showed it to me. I actually witnessed it with my own two eyes yeah. uh, and it cost him between five and $600. And he was griping about that, which I think is legitimate. That's too much money. Uh, and let me just say this before we start talking about the article. My problem with this is, is that this excludes a whole group of people, many of which are the very people that most need a concealed weapon permit. Not that you need a permit. Let me, let me digress that most need to be able to carry a firearm for safety poorer people for whom $150 fee is they can't do it. They just don't have that money. They don't have extra money lying around. So what's going on in San Jose, Stephen? Yeah. And I think that's a very important point to keep in mind as we talk about this, uh, something that you know, I think we've focused on a lot at the reload are these kinds of uh, exorbitant fees and the impact they can have on, on people who, uh, you know, te- people who can't afford this kind of stuff tend to live in the places where, uh, there's more violence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're richer, you can move out to nicer areas, but, um, but yeah, so this is, uh, all results really of Bruin, the Supreme court case that struck down the Maryland and New York and California, these couple, there are like eight States that had these, the, the old subjective permitting system. And so as you're describing there with Maryland, Really, nobody got permits, or very few people were able to actually get permits under those systems. And so, you know, they, they didn't have very outrageous fees, or the process to get them wasn't crazy beyond the fact that uh, you had to prove to the per- the official issuing the permit that you had a good reason for one, and and they wouldn't accept self defense in nearly all cases. So, um, but beyond that, the the process was relatively. Uh, normal, uh, similar to other states, and uh, and you could carry in places similar to other states. And so, with the fallout from Bruin, people can now get these permits. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the lawmakers in these areas don't really want people to carry guns. I think that's pretty. It's not really editorializing to say that. Obvious, I don't think. Yeah. And um, so they've turned to other means of restricting carry by. You know, we've talked a lot about it on the show before. One is by making these so-called sensitive places or what people call gun-free zones and just making a lot of them, making them very expansive so that it's very hard to practically avoid them in real life when you're carrying. Um, California did that. We talked about that a little while back. The law got blocked, then it got unblocked, then it got blocked and unblocked. And, um, you know, there's a whole whiplash effect, but it it that w- effectively barred carry in most of the state. Um, and so the other thing that, that you've seen as well are some of these localities like San Jose, uh, San, San Fernando is another one, I believe, where they've just instituted extremely high permitting costs. So $1,300 is just for the, the, per, the permit process. They also require like mental health screening. They require, um, Training on top of that, of course, that costs a significant amount of money because they they require usually, I think, 16 hours of training. Um, that's going to be a couple hundred dollars usually in most places. And and then their permits are only good for a year instead of two years uh, like the rest of the state. So uh, San Jose is probably one of the most egregious examples of this that we've seen so far. There's already a lawsuit from the California Rifle and Pistol Association against San uh, Fernando. If I, excuse, you know, I apologize if I'm getting the name of the 
other city wrong, but there's a, there's a lawsuit going along the same lines for another city in California. And, uh, likely the outcome of that will determine what happens with these fees. But, um, I think this is the most egregious one we've seen yet. The San Jose, uh, situation. Yeah. It it really bothered the guy I met on the plane, by the way, his name is Mike. Great guy. Um, and we were discussing the fees and that sort of thing. And that was my, my over my, my biggest point is that just that the people that need them the most are the people that can't afford these exorbitant fees. So, you know, think, think single mom with two kids in an apartment who, you know, who needs to, to go to and from work in a, in a really rough area and has no way to equalize the odds by carrying a firearm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's that whole, if it pleased the crown, I would like to be able to defend myself. No, no one asks you for a good reason for you to carry a fire extinguisher in your trunk. You know, that's just, well, something might happen. That's, that's the reason, you know, but just the same thing with a firearms permit in my, in my opinion. And keep in mind too, with San Jose, that that's the same city where they instituted a first of its kind insurance requirement for owning guns. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, and also a fee, they had a fee for owning guns that you would have to pay to set up a nonprofit. Uh, and you'd have to buy this non-existent insurance for like gun liability insurance. And so they've been pushing the envelope on this stuff. They've been really, really going out into the the frontier of, of gun regulation on, on this run, just trying to price people out of it basically, or, or right. that, you know, they claim obviously that this is mitigating the, the costs associated with gun violence. Um, obviously one of the main critiques of that is that, uh, the people who would pay these sorts of fees or get these licenses are not the ones who are committing the sort of violence that they're talking about. But, right. um, but that, that's the, the general justification used for these. Uh, although in this case, I suppose the fee situation, the San Jose police department did respond or, or it was the sheriff's department responded to us. And uh, they said that the calculation was based on man hours required to process these permits I, I don't know that that's, I, I would highly question that because again, most of the rest of the state doesn't require this nowhere else in the country. Do they require that much uh, money for, uh, for, for permit processing. Um, so if it does cost them that much, I think it's because they've added a bunch of extra steps that aren't required under law and probably unnecessary as well. So we will of course keep an eye on it over at the reload. Uh, as this moves along, I think that case that I mentioned earlier, uh, against the other city is is again going to be what determines how this all comes out. Yeah, I want to ask the sheriffs of these counties that do this sort of thing. Are you going to assign me a deputy twenty four hours a day to follow me around and make sure, you know and make sure that I don't need uh, the use of a firearm? Anyway, um, the other article is an analysis piece. Um, the first article was by contributing uh, author Jake Fogelman. This is by yes. Stephen Gutowski. Analysis, gun policy remains inexplicably absent from the Republican primary race. Now, I'm going to confess to the audience and to you, Stephen, I am avoiding politics at every turn to the extent that I possibly can. Um, so I hadn't really noticed, but uh, it seems like a lot of people who you would think would be touting their fire or their pro 2A history are not. So why do you suppose that is? Yeah, it's been an interesting dynamic to watch this race. I mean, overall, right? Yeah, the Republican race features a lot of people who have who have kind of either tacitly or explicitly endorsed the idea that that Trump won the last election despite the results and that he hasn't done anything wrong despite these prosecutions and so they've kind of done a lot to undermine their own 
campaigns in, in that sense. Um, uh, because like, you know, if you're a Republican primary voter and, and this is what the, his primary opponents are telling you for the most part, well, why not just vote for the, the guy who supposedly won the last election anyway, already beat Joe Biden, supposedly. I mean, he didn't, right? And just to be clear, that's not what happened. But, uh, but this is a common theme that you hear in, in Republican circles. And, um, and yeah, it just kind of undermines these, these other candidates, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, but they have been a little more willing to criticize Trump on, uh, former president Trump on the policy side to some degree, but really not even that much. They, they spent a lot more time going after each other. If you've watched any of these debates, uh, that have happened, which, which, uh, former president Trump has skipped out on all the debates, but they've still mostly focused on each other, even though he's been way ahead in the polls, uh, yeah. this entire time. Um, but they have gone after him on a couple of policy things, COVID shutdowns, vaccines, things like that. And, and, but oddly, nobody has really tried to make gun policy a relevant issue in this race, uh, which, which strikes me as very strange because like Donald Trump has vulnerabilities on that issue from the right. And this is a Republican primary. So that's where you'd expect to hear criticism from the right. Like, Joe Biden, if they end up in a rematch, is not going to criticize Donald Trump from the right on gun policy, obviously. Yeah. But you I would expect maybe Ron DeSantis or or Nikki Haley would, because they presumably want to beat him <laughs> in a primary, and that's like what you do when you run against somebody is you right. you try and point out the ways that you're better, uh, in a you know to the people who are potentially going to vote for you. Um, but we just we just haven't really seen it. Uh, and it's, it's pretty strange. I mean, Trump certainly has things that he can point to as uh, defending his record on guns. You know, obviously, he uh, there were a few things that he did. He signed a, a bill early on that repealed a Obama era Social Security regulation uh, that dealt with uh, adding some people to to NICS uh, if they were had you know, issues with um, mental deterioration, but. He added gun companies to the essential businesses list during the pandemic, which helped ensure that some states would allow them to stay open uh, during lockdowns. He, uh, of course, the biggest one is just that he appointed three of the six justices in the Bruin yeah, decision. Say, that's, that's a big one. The Supreme Court. Yeah, that's a uh, so like he's got certainly ways he can defend himself, but at the same time, he's also got a number of vulnerabilities. Like, I mean, one that's basically extent of his accomplishments. He didn't really pass any legislation that was things like, uh, you know, national reciprocity or, or, um, <clears throat> the hearing protection act, which would have deregulated silencers. Um, those, those have been priorities of the gun rights movement for a long time. And they didn't go anywhere, uh, partially just because you didn't have the numbers even during his first two years in office. But, uh, but then, you know, he, of course he did things like after Parkland, he had the, round table with Senator Feinstein and a number of other senators from each party. And he, he advocated for red flag laws during that. He's you know, sort of infamously said that he wanted to take the guns first and have due process second, um, which, which has been uh, a sticking point for a lot of gun rights advocates or something that they didn't like at least. And um, at other points, you know, he reportedly was considering, supporting a solvents ban after the El Paso shooting, uh, which his chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney talked him out of 
there was something that he had also written in his book back in 2000. Um, and then of course, beyond that, you know, none of those things came to fruition. He didn't pass any legislation on that basis, but he did of course, institute the bump stock ban yeah. using uh, ATF rulemaking, which uh, has since been found unconstitutional in federal court and is actually going to be uh, a Supreme court case this year to sort of finalize the question on that. But it's also been something that president Biden has used as a template for how he's tried to uh, institute his own gun restrictions with the pistol brace ban and the, the um, unfinished firearms parts ban things, things of that nature using basically the same process that Trump used for the bump stock ban. So there's things that, you know, people can, can point to if they wanted to, if they're running against them. Um, and you even saw Ron DeSantis, right. For the governor from Florida had appeared to be setting up a, a you know, a, a list of accomplishments that he could contrast against Trump on this issue. He signed permitless gun carry in Florida. He, um, signed banking regulations that forced made it so banks can't drop gun businesses yeah, that was uh, just because deal. they're gun businesses. So, you know, he, he did a number of things that you would think would set him up to talk about this during the, the campaign. And, and, um, he just kind of hasn't very much. Uh, he, he did, he was asked, uh, so Trump doubled down actually on support for the bump stock ban early on in the campaign during the CNN town hall back in May of 2023. And, uh, you know, said it that, Basically, bump stocks are not important, and that the NRA was on his side for that, and so he he uh, doubled down on his support for doing it. And Dana Lash, who's a conservative radio show host and and DeSantis supporter, had asked him directly about that, and and DeSantis did call that unconstitutional. Um, but that's kind of the extent of DeSantis himself talking about gun policy in regards to to the Republican primary. Um, the, his super PAC made an ad that called Trump a, a gun grabber. But, uh, as far as I can tell, they haven't actually aired that ad anywhere. They just tweeted it yeah. a couple times. Um, and that's kind of the extent of <laughs> discussion about gun policy one way or the other. I mean, Donald Trump also hasn't necessarily made it a big priority of his, his campaign either. Uh, he's focused obviously much more on everything else going on within the prosecutions and, and um, his plans, if he were to retake the white house, he doesn't talk much about guns either. So I don't know. Right. Pretty, pretty weird for a Republican primary. Right? If you had to guess why, why would you say take Ron DeSantis? Why would you say he's holding off? Is he waiting for it to be a smaller field to have that contrast against Trump? Or what do you, if you had to guess, what would you say was a reason? You know, my only guess is, that you know, it, it seems like everyone in the Republican Party who's opposed Donald Trump since 2015 really has taken the tact that they don't want to alienate his supporters by criticizing him too harshly. Although, again, I don't know why this would be the issue that they would that uh, you couldn't at least bring up. <laughs> it's just weird to run against somebody and not try to contrast yourself that much with them. Uh, but, but, you know, you saw this with Ted Cruz in 2015 as well, where it's more about trying to, um, appeal to his supporters and hope that he, that Trump himself just kind of implodes on his own. 
that does really seem to be a lot of what hmm. re- his Republican opponents over the years have have hoped that's like been their strategy. So they don't want to alienate the voters who came out to vote for him in 2016 because he won, right? Uh, and they want those voters to come out for them if they become the nominee. But they kind of don't have a real plan for getting the front runner who is Donald Trump out of the way <laughs> or right. beating him directly. They're just kind of hoping that he goes away and some man, like, I don't know, maybe he gets convicted and, and that ends his camp, but that stuff's not going to, even if that's your plan, it's not going to work because he's, those cases aren't even going to be, uh, you're not even going to be heard for until later after the primaries are really over. Right. And um, it just, I don't know. They're just all around seem to be a, an effort to, less to go after him because yeah. And I, and look, some of it is probably uh, a legitimate strategy. You saw Chris Christie was very harsh on Trump, not on guns, not on gun policy necessarily, right. but on all kind of, on everything else. Right. And it didn't work. Right. He, he got 1% or, or whatever he, he, he hadn't, it hadn't worked for him. Now maybe he was the wrong kind of guy. He was very, one of the first people to endorse Trump, in 2016. And I think the kind of voter who doesn't like Trump, but is still a Republican didn't really, Christie doesn't really appeal to that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it, I don't, I'm, I'm grasping at straws a bit here. Uh, I, maybe they focused tested this group, this idea of criticizing among guns and it didn't work well. Cause Trump has rhetorically, obviously in addition to the other stuff I mentioned, he's, he's been very, uh, hand in glove with the NRA over the years. And so your general Republican primary voter who maybe is pro gun, but isn't super closely following the issue. They're not an activist, right? They just probably has a lot to do with that actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mean, people realize they see, well, you know, Trump's endorsed by the NRA Mm -hmm. is at the NRA meeting every year and, and and, uh, arm in arm with, with Wayne LaPierre. And they just figure he does a lot of rhetorical things that, that make him, uh, uh, that make people look at him as very pro gun. And and so maybe there's just not enough vulnerability there on the, because of the, you'd have to get into the policy weeds to, to discuss it. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's again, like, why are you running at all (laughs) at that point? Like if you don't think you can make the case, that you're better than him on these various issues that Republican voters care about, then maybe you shouldn't have run. <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange. I mean, I hate to say it, but unless you're auditioning for the number two role, you know, that's. Yeah, maybe that's another possibility. Although they, I, who knows? There's a lot. It seems to be a, that's the thing with, with these sort of races, even, even before Trump was around, you know, he's obviously um, maybe takes this stuff to another level, but people have always been going after each other really hard and then they get together and make make nice afterwards so it's yeah, certainly it's possible that one of, they're really trying to run for vice president instead of trying to beat him a lot of that went on in 2016 so very nasty things were said and st- stuff that i wouldn't be able to let go of too easily you know personal yeah. attacks and but you're not a politician right <laughs> that's the people's thing. family yeah there, there's a, there is a reason and I, i'm not kidding when i say this i i woke up the day after Bill Clinton was elected president, my dad told me to listen to Rush Limbaugh. So I turned it on and I paid attention to politics every day of my life between then and 2020. And I had, I, it's just for my own sanity. I had to check out, I had to tune out of it for the most part. Um, so most of the politics I get all week is from one Stephen Gutowski. 
uh, <laughs> because it's just. But I gotta say, for those listening, if you're if you're if you're stressed out or you're anxious, I mean, a good way to get rid of a lot of that is to stop tuning into po- politics twenty four hours a day because it uh, it's not good for your it's not good for your soul, <laughs> in my opinion, quite frankly. But we have warriors like one Stephen Gutowski who are, are there uh, in the trenches, living near DC and willing to do it for us. So I appreciate it. <laughs> we thank you for your service, Mr. Gutowski, for uh, <laughs> helping me to avoid uh, watching uh, too much political content. So yeah, you know it's important to check out every once in a while because the one thing to remember is that you know you, you can't have an effect on every everything that happens. Um, you know, p- keep informed. Obviously, you want to stay informed. You want to you know read places like the Reload. Try to go to sources that don't intentionally try to inflame you or, or make you mad and, uh, and just inform you. That's sort of one of the things that I want to do differently at the reload is, is, you know, try to inform more than, more than outrage people. Uh, outrage might be a faster way to make a buck, but, uh, I don't think it's sustainable as a, uh, as a news brand in my mind. So, so I try to stick closer to informing people and even people that maybe they don't, like me or agree with me or, you know, I'm trying to just put out facts that people can rely on uh, and they don't have to buy into my personal, you know, my, my cult of personality to, to read what I have to say, you know, uh, or to, to read my reporting. All right, folks, that is our time for this week. Do me a favor, uh, head on over to the reload.com if you haven't already and give that a look consider getting a membership. Steven does rely on his membership dues for his important work to fund his important work. And again, I'll say it, I'll say it till the cows come home. It is work that I just don't know anyone else is doing. I don't see that sort of uh, reportage eh? anywhere else. Um, and you know, this, the story, uh, some of the stories over there are broken by, um, I almost said the daily wire, daily wire and bread. <laughs> are broken by the reload. Um, and you know, Steven, Steven knows a lot of folks. He's getting a lot of a good work done. So Steven, uh, thank you for that folks. Check out the yeah. reload. And, and, and I, I should say too, that I've already, uh, the Eagles lost in the playoffs and it was terrible, embarrassing, right? Oh, uh, I just was give people a, sports. I was being a sports to be update fine. here. No, it, it's important to, no, to, for people to understand that I've already moved on to another Philly sports team that I've invested all of my mental health and hope into. Uh, okay. the flyers now are good. Um, yeah. you know, for the first time in like a decade, we are, they're two points out of first place. There's Owen Tippett, who I'm sure literally no one who listens to this has heard of because most flyers fans probably haven't even heard of him yet. Uh, scored the goal of the year just, uh, last night. So I've already moved on. This is how Philly sports fandom works. You get emotionally invested and your hopes get up and then you get crushed and then you immediately yeah. try to do that cycle over again as fast as possible. And then your the Sixers are great too. So, you know, I'm sure both of them will have crushing defeats like we've seen the last three years. The worst. Like, just so much fun, the ride, and then the end. They never get to the actual championship win that's See, that's where they're, they're like uh i and can then, you boom, a friend and that's you. why i wasn't I've, I've already moved on my hopes are already up for the flyers uh, and sixers so people should know that very good all right folks that's all we got for this week um i don't think we'll have a gutowski files next week but that's okay we'll be back the following week uh steven i'll see you at shot god willing and as always you have the last word absolutely